What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to the Cleveland Post podcast. This is episode six. I am your host, Justin Harold, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Jeff Santa. I hope you're all doing well. Um, this week on the podcast, we're gonna be we're gonna be having a little bit more of like a general kind of around the sports world kind of podcast where we talk about some some Cavs stuff, some Indian stuff, and some Brown stuff. Um, some news that's been going on. It's been two weeks, so we have a we have some stuff to cover, and you know uh, we we did have a kind of more structured kind of topic. It was going to be us ranking uh, the NFL, the current players in the NFL by position. So we had quarterbacks, wide receivers, and running backs lined up. But today I decided, you know, it's been two weeks. Uh, the MLB has been rocking and rolling with their games. They've got a lot down. The NBA, even though the Cavs are not participating in the bubble, uh, the, their games have been going on. And there was a little little rumor that was sent out um, via Bleacher Report the other day that I wanted to touch on. And then uh, the Browns have had some things uh, happen within the organization and just having promotions and stuff like that. So I thought we'd cover some of that. So, uh, Jeff, how you been these past two weeks? Oh, you know, a whole lot of the same, I mean, as far as it, it goes for, with me. But, I mean, it does really seem like we're kind of almost getting back to, you know, a close to normal, um, like, news feed, I guess you could say, with sports. I mean, it seems like um, all the major sports are rebounding, you know, particularly well some better than others obviously just based on you know logistics and things like that um, I think the NBA is doing a great job with the bubble and um, really did not expect to have Cavs news so early um, compared to you know when we first talked about them so that's definitely interesting and with the Indians in full swing um, I think this is probably I think people forget that this is like one of the more entertaining times of the year anyway um, like this time in the calendar because, you know, the Indians are playing and the Browns are getting ready to, you know, start off their, their preseason stuff. So it's a good time. Yeah, and especially, you know, um, with everything, it's you could say that it's a little bit more um, filled with news and stuff around the sports considering usually basketball would probably be over by this time. And the only, I think the big thing that you could be talking about, I think the draft might have, might possibly have already happened to if this was a normal season. So uh, a lot going on. Uh, but yeah, let's let's talk about that Cavs new uh, Cavs news. Sorry. Um, obviously, they're not in the bubble, so they're not playing. Um, so there's very little when you hear anything about them. The only thing you could probably um, consistently talk about with them is who they're going to draft in the upcoming draft, what spot they're going to be selecting in, and all that. But just the other day, I think it might have been uh, Friday, uh, I got a Bleacher Report of a rumor that within the Cavs organization, there's a feeling that they have a pretty good package to trade for a super. Well, I call him a superstar, an NBA star um, within the league, and it's absolutely not someone I would trade for, and that is Ben Simmons. Jeff, before I read the report, initial initial thoughts on this? The initial thoughts I had from this were not good. I mean, 
I'm somebody who is not, you know, I'm not going to take Bleacher Report for their absolute word. Um, I know that they have, you know, especially with social media and a lot of places becoming like sports reporting, like news outlets and such like that, you know, in, in the older days, it really used to be, at least when I was like growing up, all I used to watch was like ESPN, basically. Like before school, I would just watch, you know, ESPN Sports Center. That was it. But now, you know, you got a lot of different places like Bleacher Report. So they're definitely very credible, but sometimes I feel like they just report stuff for like hype. Like they kind of make stories seem more plausible than they really are. But if this is a true, you know, if the Cavs are actually interested in trading for Ben Simmons, I really don't know where our uh, our management's heads are uh, at the top. I really don't think that that's a good trade. I mean, it probably is going to be a better trade for the 76ers at the end of the day. And personally, I don't want anything to do with Ben Simmons. Not that he's, you know, not an NBA star. I mean, he definitely is. And there was a lot of hype around his name when he came into the league. But as far as, like, the the infrastructure of basketball and him not being able to shoot threes. I don't think he's a, I don't think he's a huge asset. My Lord, dude, that's, I cannot tell you, that's where my mind immediately went when I got that report was like, all right, what is, what is something else I have seen about Ben Simmons? And I swear on everything that bleacher report. And you said you're absolutely right. They like report just stuff on like hype and kind of just like, whatever is like new like whatever will grab someone's attention for the moment whether it has like validity to it or not but i swear back when the bubbles like first started either when they first started playing games or like when they started practicing and there was like coverage of within the bubble i got a bleacher report of ben simmons hitting a three and i swear i swear i was like is this is this really popping up on my timeline? Like this is actually news that this kid it's so disrespected. He's a point he's technically a point guard and he's so disrespected in the category of being able to shoot the ball that if he made a three in a game or like a preseason game or a warm up that it was really worth letting people know that he hit one. I was just kinda like, Wow, this is alright, that's a thing to report on, but yeah, uh let me read the report before I, I give what I say. So this comes from Blake Schuster, and I'm reading, I'm going to paraphrase it a little bit, but according to Chris Fedor of Cleveland.com, the Cavs believe they may have an enticing trade package to tr bring Simmons to Ohio this season. And this is quote-unquote here. So, But the Cavs believe they have enough to assemble an enticing package, especially with recent first-rounders littering the roster, a top-six pick coming in October, and a future first from the Milwaukee Bucks. Those picks combined with one of the young guys in some salary filler is a good start. It's also why the Cavs have spent the, few, the first few years of the post-LeBron era stockpiling assets. In any potential trade discussion, the Cavs would cling tightest to Kevin Porter Jr. So, obviously I said that Simmons is a point guard. So, in it, he's saying that Chris Fedor said that a top six pick and the Milwaukee Bucks pick would be considered, said those picks, and combined with one of the young guys in some salary filler. So, Let's be realistic here. The one guy that they're talking about is either between whatever the Sixers want, between Garland and Sexton. And, I mean, Jeff, we talked about Sexton and 
we think that he should probably be, if anyone, the one person to be traded from this team for another piece. But I just don't, like, I'm not a fan of Simmons. Like, I get that the 76ers are a very good team. Um, him and Embiid do a lot for that team, but I think even Embiid, and it's funny because all the news with, you know, Draymond being on NBA TV and the NBA TV guys kind of bashing Embiid this weekend um, about him taking jump shots. Him and Ben Simmons, I just, like, I don't, I don't want a guy who can't shoot the ball when we already have a problem with scoring. And honestly, I'm looking at the stats and everything for Simmons and nothing, nothing pops off the board. I think he was, I can't tell these stars are like not highlighted in. They're like grayed out. So I can't tell if he's been an all-star or not, but he doesn't look like he has all-star numbers. I mean, he put up 16.9 and 16.4 the past two seasons on, what is this, 50, okay, on 58, or .580 percentage, which is pretty good, but he's still not doing anything that's, like, gonna make me, like, jump through the roof. Eight assists, that's good. I think that's better than probably what Sexton and Garland do, and then his, his reboundings are good, too. It's 7.8, but if you're thinking... From the Cavs' standpoint, is he going to be the player that you trade for? You trade Colin Sexton, and God, I hope it's not the the pick this year. Um, but if if it is, it's this year's pick and maybe like a second rounder or like I guess that Milwaukee pick. Um, is this the guy that's going to push this team that you know it didn't produce very well this year? But is he going to push you to the playoffs? And even if it's yes. Is he going to push you to the championship? I I just think it's not going to work in either way. And I don't know. I think that's like the, consens the consensus thought around Cleveland with this rumor. Uh, yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I, so from just a, like, uh, just a player standpoint, like I would rather have him be on, I would rather have him be the starting point guard than Colin Sexton. I'm not going to lie about that. However, I just – there's no way – like, that would be a perfect world. We're not just going to – they're not going to straight swap Sexton. Right. For – like, they're going to be – I could already tell you this – as soon as I saw this Bleacher Report, I could already tell you basically I was just thinking through my mind. I was like, well, they're going to want – they're definitely going to want Sexton and Garland or they're going to want Sexton and, and Porter Jr. or they're going to want Garland and Porter Jr., which honestly, Sexton and – Garland for Ben Simmons straight up would probably be the best case scenario for us. Not saying I would like it. I'm just saying if we could get away with maybe trading those two guys, that's the most positive side. But thinking about it's it's weird because he like just got hurt, right? Ben Simmons. Like, yeah, he's, he's out with knee surgery now. Yeah, his season's over, and then we have we're hopefully gonna have a we're gonna have a, a very good pick. But with how they do it now. I don't understand this coming out. Like, I don't understand what our front office is thinking, even talking to the 76ers about this, if that's the case. Because that just, like, ruffles the feathers of other people. Like, you see this and, like, oh, this 
Sexton and Garland see this article and that the Cavs would hold closest to KPJ. Like, how how are you feeling if you're Sexton or Garland now? And at the same time, with this new draft setup, like, we don't even know, like, at, to some extent, you would know, like, oh, you're going to be this draft pick, whatever. Like, it's always been a lottery, but there – the way it is now, it's never been, like, more random. So, like, we could get absolutely screwed. And, like, if we don't if we don't trade the pick, which I don't think we should ever do that. I don't think we should trade our first-round pick to anybody this year. But if they're thinking about, like, wielding de- and dealing a trade, it kind of seems like, oh, well, if they're going to get rid of a point guard and a shooting guard, then we're going to draft. Like, they're locking us into, like, a draft pick that we might not even have. Like, are they, like, banking that we get, like, Anthony Edwards or somebody, like a – like a guard, if we're going to trade two of our guards away, that's what I think's weird. Weird about it. Yeah, the the whole trading picks in the NBA is kind of a risky business. I mean, um, I like you said, it's completely, it's a lot more up in the air, and where we're gonna, because usually you'd be like, oh, the Cavs had an awful season; they're the worst team in the league. They're going to get the number one pick, or they're going to be a top three pick. But like, like that article said, like a top six pick. If you fall out of that top five, you lose so much. Like trade value in that pick mm-hmm. and it's something like all right well are they going to trade that pick before they figure it out or are they going to trade the pick once they figure it out and obviously once you figure it out if it's three okay that's pretty solid you're in the top three you get a top three player if it's six it's like oh wow well that kind of just goes down to you get a colin sexton anyways at six or something like that or you get a a garland at six um i just even even you saying Sexton and Garland straight up for Simmons still just doesn't sit well with me. I still think the jury's out on Garland. I think I want to see one more year out of him before I pass judgment on anything. But Simmons is just, he's, it with this injury, he missed his whole uh, first year, um, his rookie season and all that. I just, I just don't buy into the Ben Simmons hype or anything. I mean, I just don't see it. I just don't feel it. The the ability to pass the ball is great, and I like that out of my point guard. He's 6'10". Him grabbing rebounds is also a great thing. Him being able to move around on defense and be able to uh, cover other guys is good. But I just like – I kind of like our, our core, and I feel like we're one – we're one position away, one draft pick away from having like a solid starting five and then a like an actual nice bench to build around. And so I just don't think there's any need to do anything crazy this season. I think if anything, it's next season that you would like try to pull off a trade like that. And I just don't think Simmons would be the guy that I try to do that for either. Unless you're unless you're completely giving up Garland and Sexton, and you're just getting a um, a guy like Simmons like that, and I don't know. Is there is there like a player out there that you would that you would like want to try to trade for that would be like realistic in terms of like, all right, you trade Sexton and Garland, and maybe like a pick for that you would be satisfied with giving that much up for? Honestly. For Garland, Sexton, and our first-round pick, I don't think. I don't know. I mean, realistically, like, nobody's – I don't think anybody's given up, like, an an all-star, like, starter for that type of offer. Like, obviously, like, if it was, like, like Giannis, like, yes, obviously. But the Bucs are – 
what if but, what if here here's one player and it's because he's gotten so much talk since the bubble what if it was Danny Green no no that would be we would be at, that would be we that we would get absolutely fleeced there i just don't think that i honestly don't think that there's anybody out there that's just going to like plug into this Cavs roster and just take them to like a whole nother level like unless you're talking about like top one percent player but then those teams aren't going to give up their like a superstar like mvp candidate unless it was an mvp candidate but nobody's gonna no the other team is never going to take that trade but i think i kind of i kind of like going back to your point especially your garland point about seeing him for another year like the jury's out and i 100 percent agree but i think with ben simmons he's just Correct me if I'm wrong, but I know they they say this a lot. Analysts say this a lot. But what when he was a rookie, wasn't he supposed to be like the next LeBron? Wasn't everyone saying he was this? He was a mini LeBron, same play style and everything. Because of would, his height and like would go to the ability. rim. Would he just he just can't shoot? He's the most awkward. He him and Lonzo Ball are the most awkward NBA players in the league, in my opinion. Not bad, but awkward, especially since Steph Curry. You know, Steph Curry changed the game with threes. You can't debate that. Like him, hate him, love him. You can't. You can't debate that. If Ben Simmons was like in the 2003 draft class with like LeBron, Melo, and like D Wade, like he kind of reminds me of a D Wade almost. D Wade obviously way better of a shooter, but so is everybody else. But his play style, he's he's six ten, but he don't play in the post. Right. Well, at least he doesn't with Embiid. So who knows if 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 he was with Embiid, what he would do. He's a point guard, and he passes, you know, decent enough, but he can't shoot. I feel like if you're a point guard, you got to be able to shoot in some capacity. And he doesn't play like – he doesn't play like that Kawhi Leonard defense where, like, if he was a top-tier defender, like D- defensive player of the year candidate, like year in and year out, and he just went to the hole and he couldn't shoot, I could, you know, I could maybe get behind him a little bit more. But he's just so awkward, and I don't think he would – I just don't see him fitting into anybody's scheme, and I think Philadelphia knows that. I think Embiid, they know Embiid's toxic, but they would, they're would they riding Embiid over Ben Simmons all 100% of the time. Yeah, I just, I don't, and that's a weird team too. Like the, It's like one of those teams in the East where I'm like, that team may get to the conference finals, but there's no way they do anything against the Bucks or like the Raptors, and I think you're right. I think they're like sensing that they kind of need to make a move and try to find some trade value within their team right now. And I think you're right. Embiid's probably their guy, and Simmons is the expendable one that you can try to look for and get uh, some trade value for. But I just don't think – at the end of the day, I think it is really just like, all right, the there is a need for news in – the Cavs organization, so let's just put this article out. So. Hold on, hold on, hold on. One point, because I thought my brain was working. The, I would trade, I would trade Garland, Sexton Garland. This is probably a, a cold take to some people, but I would trade Sexton Garland and our first round pick this year for D'Angelo Russell. Oh, oh! You can't hit me with, you can't hit me with like an Ohio State player because <laughs> he's, he's the better Simmons though. He's like he, way better. Oh. Uh, He's oh. he's a baller too. He's Dude, a, when he got sent to Brooklyn, I was like, we could have made the trade for him. When when he went to Brooklyn, he I was, was like, so good at Bro- in Brooklyn, oh. so good. He was such he was such a good player in Brooklyn, and and now he's like ah, 
Oh, uh, that's such a... Uh, that's not a cool take. I like that. I mean, I really do like that. He was having his best year. And then he got traded to Golden State, and, like, I was like, oh, I can't root but for like, him now. I don't, I don't want to trade this first-round pick. But, like, if, to get somebody like that, we would probably have to. But, like, imagine if we could trade, like... If we could trade Sexton, Garland, and not our first pick, but, like, another early pick we have, because apparently we have a lot of picks, for D'Angelo Russell, and then we drafted, like... We drafted Anthony Edwards, or we drafted like Obi Toppin, and then it was D'Angelo Russell, Toppin, Love, Drummond. I mean, we would need one guy. Yeah, and you could put uh, Kevin Porter Jr. in that, like in the yep. three or the two spot, yeah, depending on who you draft. Yep, that would be so nice. I like that. I like that ten times better than Ben Simmons. 100%. And I, I go to, I go to bat for that way more than I would for, um, for Simmons, but. That was good. I mean, that was. I mean, that was good off the top of your head. I was thinking Danny Green just because, like, he's the most like talkative person outside of like Damian Lillard, Paul George, and Pat Beverly right now in the in the bubble. But that was that was a good thought. I didn't even like register D'Angelo Russell. That's good. But um, all right, I think we're gonna move on. I think we're gonna talk a little bit about the Indians right now. So, so we're what's it? We're sixteen games in with the Indians. We're currently nine and seven. Uh, Technically, we're third in, the, in our division just because of the Tigers not playing as many games as us. They're sitting at eight and five, and the Twins are at ten and six. Um, in the American League, we're five, which is good. We're in the playoffs by that means. So, Jeff, I haven't been watching too much, but I do watch Twitter, and Twitter's mm-hmm. not happy with. Uh, how the the batting is going for the Indians? What are your thoughts with all with everything that's been going on? Is nine and is nine and seven where you thought we'd be right now? Okay, so that's a good question. I like how you posed that. Nine and seven. I'm thinking. I, I if you would have told me we were nine and seven, sixteen games through, I would have been. I would have been pretty thrilled. I would have been not like overly over the top, like excited, but you know, a little bit over 500. So at the end of the day, not really a huge problem, but here's the story. Here's the story of the season. Our, our team ERA is below two. So per nine innings earned run averages per nine innings. So per nine innings, our whole pitching staff starters bullpen combined give up two runs per that's, nine innings. That's amazing. A little bit less. Our offensive batting average is also below 200. It's like 196. So out of 10 at-bats, we get two hits out of 10 at-bats sometimes. Sometimes we get one, sometimes we get two. But if our pitching was like average, if we had average pitching, we would be like probably like we'd probably be like 5 and 11, 5 and 10. Our pitching's carried us the bats are going to come around, but if they come around too late, it's going to be a sad state. Yeah, I mean, I'm just looking through the schedule right now, and obviously when we were playing the Twins, uh, we went on that three-game losing streak and then went to the Reds and lost that first game there. Ended up winning uh, the next three. Then we lost to the Sox in the first game and then won last night. We're going to have a game tonight. Actually, in like 10 minutes, it's about to start against the Sox again. Um, I'm just looking at scores. Yeah. Oh goodness! This is uh, yeah. The bats are not looking good at all. I mean, and I don't even know where to begin with that because I'm such an outsider to baseball. But 
is it really? I mean, we scored the seven runs today or yesterday, and we scored thirteen runs two games ago, which mm-hmm. is a better sight. But often than not, we're winning these games by either two runs to zero or um, three runs to like two, which is not great. But for what's happening in the like we talked about, we're almost to the seventeenth game of where they're playing 17 games straight. They're still not having a break until after this Wednesday game that's coming up. So, I don't know. Is it realistic to think that the bats will be inconsistent for the entirety of this season? Or do you think, you know, we'll be able to wake it up a little bit? The bats are definitely... The, the thing about batting in baseball and especially in the major leagues is that it's almost it's similar to a lot of other sports. I would say football is kind of like almost a weird outlier with this just because how every play could be like strictly different. Like in baseball, you the guy's pitching and the guy's hitting. And in basketball, you're bringing off the court and you're trying to score. Like, you know, football, you could have a run play, you could have a pass play, whatever, you could have play action, you know, whatever may have you. But batting is really contagious so like if like the first couple guys get a hit like that's like where like the they you start like the rally like if you see the people in front of you getting hits like it's just weird how it's in the sport like you know it the the one game that the Cavs set the three-point record in the playoffs everybody was just on fire from three-point land it was kind of just contagious it's kind of like that so our bats are like pretty pretty slow out out of the gate so it kind of like trickled down to like everybody being slow we just can't get guys on base we're coming around a little bit the 13 run game and the seven run game are good indicators but we've already been shut out at least twice in 15 it's 15 or 16 games so we scored zero runs we've been held scoreless in two games but i think i think you make a good point i mean they really could be inconsistent for 60 straight games yeah, I just think, you know, with the abbreviated season, how they're trying to speed through these games, I feel like it's really just going to be that kind of way for the entire season. And I don't, you know, the one good thing is it seems like the pitching isn't going to be that way. It seems like the pitching is just going to be consistent all the way through and hot. I really hope by saying that I don't jinx anything, but we'll see. I think that it's great to see that you know, the bullpen and the starters are actually all uh, working well, whereas in the past it's been a lot of the starting pitchers have been, uh, have handed the ball off to the relievers, and the relievers have lost us games that were meant to be won, but I think it's really good to see the pitching. Uh, I wanted to bring up, so when we did that first podcast, the first time around with the Indians, um, we talked about players that we thought, would make like an impact or would step into uh, an impactful role. Um, and I had originally said Delino DeShields. Uh, we realized that second time we did the podcast for the Indians that he was out. I think he had, he was either still in like COVID testing or in the, he wasn't allowed to appear or he was hurt or something like that. He's returned to the lineup. Uh, he's three games in. And he has the highest batting average, which mm-hmm. isn't fair to really, you know, say anything because he's only three games in. But what have you, I mean, I don't know if you've watched any of the games, but uh, has he been, you know, kind of a changer in the lineup? Has that been a good thing to see, a good thing to have back in the lineup? 
Oh, 100%. You hit. You honestly hit the nail right on the head there. And it is a smaller sample size just because he hasn't played as many games. But from somebody who's seen this order and this lineup take a lot of at-bats, his swing, so not so not necessarily like his his results are the, are the best out of the small sample size. But, like, you could just tell if, if you've, like, watched enough, like, Major League Baseball, you could tell when people's swings are, like, messed up a little bit, even, like, a casual fan. But his swing... Th- on through our lineup looks the best out of everybody Mm. in my opinion yeah i mean i think it's just a matter of you know maybe he's had some rest and maybe maybe like with this season you'll see you guys like kind of like uh slump and kind of you know uh let uh rest on their morals and all that for their batting stances and how they approach things with this expediated season but yeah, that's a good thing to hear. I'm glad to hear that the guy that I picked out of like complete randomness because he has a really cool last name <laughs> is actually doing really well. So I'm glad that's going on. Um, so what do you what are your thoughts around the league though? Also, how funny is it that the Astros are just like I think Altuve had like an awful day, was it? Yep. God, I I watched that on Twitter. That, tw- that Twitter account is probably the best the best Twitter account around. Dude, it's so funny. My brother, he's so into it. I don't follow it, but I know I see it very often because my brother is a huge Indians fan, and he just retweets everything that's, like, hilarious from that account. I mean, it's just pure gold. I think it was, like, Altuve went 0 for 4, and there was also these clips of him on defense. And it's (laughs) him, like, it's him just, like, getting so frustrated and upset with himself with like ground balls going past him. And like, I think a ball hit him in the hands and he dropped it or it went over his head. It was awesome. But what's the, what's the thoughts around the league right now? I mean, have you been paying attention to other teams or anything in general? Yeah, I've I've been keeping pretty close eye on it. Um, I think even though it's a shortened season, it's still kind of like almost a lot of things are expected that are like happening. Like the Yankees are good. The Twins are very good. Um, the Dodgers are good. You know, the big market teams are going to be good. I think this is a good start for the Indians. Um, still, still a long way to go, but um, I think injuries are still. Which I don't. Really, I don't love talking about injuries, but I mean, you see people like if you get a, if you get one bad injury, you're going to be out obviously for sixty games. But I think an underlying part of this season that this is this is like in the back of my brain a little bit and I think he's I think Frankie's already proven himself in prior seasons but I think the silver lining of our offense starting off slow is that Frank's Frank's coming around he's gonna he's gonna lead our team in some offensive categories but especially when teams are paying people for these long contracts and me and you have talked about leaving they expect offense and he's definitely better than Jose Ramirez on the defensive side, but when you pay somebody you no know, ten years, they're going to want you to produce offensively. And if Frankie doesn't lead the Indians in a lot of major offensive statistical categories, I think people are going to, you know, weigh it a little bit less because it's a sixty-game season, obviously. But I think it's going to hurt. I think it's going to hurt his stock as a player a little bit. I think if anything could come out of the bats being bad, if Frankie has like an average to below average season offensively. I think there's a better chance that he stays with the Indians. Mm, that's interesting. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at it right now. I mean, um, his his 
home runs, or is he only has one less than Jose right now, and his batting Jose, average. Jose's our best hitter up until this point, and I think if Jose hits better than the whole season, it's going to be interesting. Yeah, it'll kind of like cast a shadow down on him and kind of into his free agent yep. uh, market. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, I mean, I never want to wish, like, and it's not wishing ill, but it's like, you know, you kind of want that little bit of, you know, dippage in the in the stats just so that he's, like, a little bit more humbled and he's not, you know, he's not getting those huge offers thrown at him. I hope that, um, obviously, for his sake and the Indians' sake, that when it's needed, he'll he'll perform. But if uh, if it if it takes a little off the salary cap or in the in the contract that's needed to keep him here, I'm I'm all for him just being a slightly under Jose. <laughs> so, um, what do, what do you think about you know if like there was one player and then I, and I. And I say this just because we're talking about the Frankie uh, possibility of him leaving. If there was one player that we could, you know, go and get after Frankie, who would you think would be a reasonable player, and why would you want him? You would you like go a, for another shortstop, or would as, you... as a replacement, or just like in general? I, I guess like it's like in general, but like, all right. So Frankie's obviously like the star of our team. Would Jose end up taking that role and end up being the superstar of our team, or would there be a possibility of the Indians going out and you know, with the money that they can afford to go up, is there someone who's a smaller market that could maybe like replace the superstardom that came with Frankie? Um, that's a good question. I think that's what's so interesting about the whole this whole talking point is because. They Jose and Frankie like came up together. They're like they've always been in the lineup, like relatively close to each other, and they play off each other like so well. I feel like if one of them's hot, the other one's hot, and you know, vice versa. If they're cold, they're both cold. But I think Jose could fill into you know being the star of this team. I think he. I think there's points in a long season where he's been the star already. I mean, he just has some stretches of games where he's hitting better than Frankie. Um, Frankie obviously is just a better defensive player. Just and sh- I feel like shortstop is you know the more the glamour position. Um, a lot of kids grow up like wanting to be shortstops. You know Derek Jeter, um, just you know Omar Vizquel. There's just usually big names in the shortstop area. But I don't think there's any reason to to say that Jose wouldn't be able to you know fulfill a Frankie role. I mean I think he's got the offensive ability to do so. Yeah, I mean, I just asked that question because I, you know, I'm not that uh, knowledgeable in terms of players around the league in the MLB for a potential replacement for Frankie. But I was just, you know, when we were on that talking point, thought about it. So, but um, moving on to some Browns news, and unless you have something else to add about Indians and what's going on with the MLB. The last thing I have about Indians, then we're going to the Browns because Browns are very interesting, but... The one person I would like to see in this Indians lineup, which I'm upset about, is I wish we still had Michael Brantley. I think he would fit really good in this lineup. He fits good in every lineup. Um, I don't know what the Astros would want for him to get back on the Indians, but just in like a hypothetical world, I think he would be, if he was in left and Shields in center, and then you could put someone else in right, put Zimmer in right, I think 
I think Brantley's bat would help this offense so much. But yeah, kind of kind of have a, like a Carlos Santana reunion thing. Yep. Yeah, that'd be nice to bring him back. Yeah, I I don't know how it works with you know the outfield's pretty you know good in terms of having a rotation going and everything, but um, I am happy that Shields is doing well and Zimmer is you know pretty reliable on the most part. But yeah, I think to have I, I guess Greg Allen has been kind of disappointing um, slightly. Yep. I think he, you know, he would have wanted himself to have a better season as far, but who knows? Maybe he'll uh, wake up and all that. But yeah, Michael Brantley would be nice to have back. Um, so moving on to the Browns. So it's been two weeks. The NFL is. No, I mean it's been more than two weeks since we talked about the Browns, but. Um, since the last podcast, I think we've touched on some things in that last one. Um, the the NFL season is approaching fast. Uh, teams are have been having virtual meetings, online meetings and such. Uh, the Browns included, obviously. Um, some news that took place, I believe we, we hit the note of David and Joku wanting out in that mm-hmm. podcast two weeks ago. Yep. Since then... It seems that he has come to terms with being with the Browns, and it seems like he's all in on you know what's going to happen with his role on the team and everything. And I don't know that he, I don't know that it's stated that he doesn't want to trade anymore, but yes. it seems like he's he's you know he's willing to do he's willing to play this season is what it's going to be. I don't think he's going to hold out or he's going to do anything like that, and he's invested in the team what are your thoughts on that Jeff well truthfully besides it being one of the weirder situations um, of the offseason of the past couple offseasons usually there's weird stuff with the Browns Um, kind of just comes with the territory but this was kind of different and if you want to hear my my truth truthfully what I think is that he was actually mad I think he was mad that we got Hooper I don't know why he would be mad about that, um, especially with Stefanski. We got Hooper and Stefanski. I don't know how another tight end could be mad about that, um, but I understand it's a business and you want to get your reps. I think he went and I think he went and asked for a trade. And I'm going to be honest. I think the Browns were like okay, and they waited like ten days, and not one offer came in for him. So he was like, oh, oh crap! I probably should like play this season and like, you know make sure that my stock is better, that my performance is, you know, decent. Maybe I could get on the upswing and maybe catch some footballs. But that's what I think what really happened. Yeah, and I think it had to do a little bit with um, he had signed a new agent, and there was, like, a rumor I've heard going this. Yeah, there was, like, a rumor going around that his agent had, like, done the same, like, done a similar thing with one of his other players that he represents. That, like, they signed him, and then, like, a week or two or, like, a month into signing him, like, he was like, yeah, you should probably request a trade to get out of this, like, whatever team you were playing for. Mm -hmm. I don't remember what team it was that the other player was uh, for, but I just remember that being, like, one of the headlines was, oh, he signed a new agent, and this agent, like, told him to go out and make that request. But I'm happy. I'm happy that Njoku is, you know, he's, from what it seems, he's all in. And, you know, he's got potential. Um, I know we said that, like, you know, if he if he was traded, it wouldn't be like 
too harsh of a blow. We know we said he was competing with Harrison Bryant, the rookie right. that we drafted this year, for maybe that second or third spot. I think, um, in all honesty, Njoku will, no matter what, he will be that second guy to start out the season until he has either, you know, dropped the ball too many times or he's just not producing the way they want him to. Um, but I think he's, I think he's earned the right to at least be the second string guy behind Hooper. You're not gonna, you're not gonna start him over Hooper. He's not gonna be the number one option before Hooper, but definitely that second option. And I think it just adds a lot of versatility to, um, you know, that Stefanski scheme that everyone's super, you know, getting into with the whole, we're going to establish the run game and then we're going to establish the play action, which is going to have two tight end sets where the tight ends are going to, you know, they're going to cause a lot of trouble. And I don't know that I wouldn't even consider that the Minnesota tight ends even that good. I mean, Kyle Rudolph is all right, but he's nowhere near the number one tight end that Austin Hooper is. And I don't even, I think I could make the argument for, Kyle Rudolph and David Njoku being on the similar level of play that I think the tight ends on our team are going to cause a lot of havoc and get a lot of good stats out of the Stefanski scheme. So I'm happy to see that he's back, and I'm happy to see that he's uh, he's in with the team and he's doing all the things that are needed. So, but, um, so like I was saying, the season's approaching. And so the NFL doing their COVID testing and all that, they also, with the CBA, have allowed for players to opt out. The Browns had, have had some players opt out, um, which include Drew Drobeck as a tackle. Um, not really worth mentioning too much of. He wasn't going to be competing for the starting lineup or anything like that. Uh, however, the next guy, Drew Forbes, is a guard. He was going to be one of the guys that pursued that starting right guard position um the only spot that's kind of up for grabs right now on the offensive line which is slightly a blow so we'll see what happens there who ends up being the starter there um jamie gillen actually got put on the reserve list you know the inactive list. he didn't he didn't by any means uh opt out but he got put on that list but thankfully he came back he's fine he uh he's covid free and all that and then we had, and this is this is the one that probably hurts me the most, is Andrew Billings. The D-tackle that we signed this offseason has opted out. I completely understand where all these guys are coming from. And I'll list the other two before I continue. Uh, Colby Cassette, another guard, and Malcolm Pridgen, another guard. And a lot of the offensive guys, offensive guards, uh, offensive linemen, seeming to opt out here for the Browns. The Browns have, by the way, are the second most team with opt-outs right now behind the Patriots. Um, it It's really a, an interesting thing to see who opts out because this means they don't get their paycheck for this year, um, but they don't like, you know, there's nothing that hurts them. They'll be back for the team on that contract next year, but they don't get paid. Um, and for some of these smaller guys, I wonder, you know, that must have been like a huge decision to um, kind of be like, all right, well, I'm going to take this season off and, you know, not take my pay and kind of just take a seat back and all that. But like I said, out of all those guys, Andrew Billings, the D tackle that we signed is probably the biggest hit. I think he was going to be, 
a very good rotational player for us on that D-line with um, replacing Sheldon Richardson and uh, Ogunjobi when they needed breathers, along with uh, Jordan Elliott, who is the third-round D-tackle that we picked up. But, Jeff, any thoughts on the on the opt-out and anything that catches your eye there? Um, not, honestly, not really. I kind of assumed that it would be, you know, some of the lower-key guys that were opting out, obviously making tough decisions um, just with, like, life and, and football in general. But um, Jamie Gillian was kind of um, – that was kind of, you know, disappointing that that had to happen. Um, I'm assuming, hopefully, he's, you know, going to be all right and ready to go for the season. But um, I really wasn't too familiar with those – guys that did opt out so i didn't have really uh, too much thought on that yeah and obviously you know the the i think today was the first day of them doing like so they've had they've had their like i don't want to say training camp they've had meetings no they haven't had they haven't even they still they're still doing virtual meetings they've come in and done workouts is what it is they've had workouts they've separated the locker room um, in accordance to what their uh, facility regiment with COVID-19 has had to take. And so they've done workouts. Uh, players have reported in and all that. And for the most part, uh, there hasn't been anyone that I've noticed that's not taking part in any of it. Um, so they're all there. I think today was the first day that they practiced. I don't think that they strapped on helmets or pads but i think they went and did like walkthroughs and such as a team so that's you know exciting it's exciting it gives you the feeling that you know football is almost here training camp's going to be here i believe the browns are broadcasting their training camp which is a way to allow um the fans and such to get an inside look at the training camp whereas a lot of people would be going to berea and watching in person and being kind of like right there and seeing it for themselves but it's uh it's starting to pick up and it's starting to get interesting and so i just thought you know the browns are you know they're kind of the more interesting more talkable excitable part of cleveland sports and so i was i was kind of geeking out this week over the browns doing their photo shoot with their jerseys and i swear i i look at the jerseys the brown because that's all they shot their that's they shot all their photos and um, the jumbotron stuff on with and I just repeatedly like I have my two jerseys from the past of the like the last I don't even know like four years it's been or four to six years I think and I just wonder why we why we ever changed because these things look so good these new jerseys these quote unquote new jerseys but are old they're essentially the jerseys we had before the last ones but they have like a you know a cleaner look to them oh my god they are they look so good and every single one of our guys just looks like uh they just look amazing it looks so clean and it looks so good they do they do look really good i i'm not gonna deny it i don't know how they look so good compared to like what my memory like of them is i don't know maybe just because when we wore them we were like so bad that i just didn't want to see them anymore but they look so good the white the white tops and the and the brown pants look so good i don't know how it looks so good right and i i i'm looking at like joe hayden wearing these things and yep. he, 
That's exactly what it makes me think of. Dude, oh my god. They, I mean, they look... But Jeff, they look exactly the same. They, I swear to god, they're the... They're there's like, gotta be something different. <laughs> maybe they're like a slightly... There's, there's gotta be like some sort of like... I think the numbers are different. Maybe like the material... I don't... I don't think the numbers are different. I think the I think the numbers are this complete same. They're just you know white numbers. Yeah, they're absolutely just. I'm looking at it right now. I think it's like the brown is darker. Maybe I don't. I don't the know. white the white looks like whiter. It just looks better. Right. Well, the, oh my goodness. I mean, are they wearing? Do you think how much like how much pads are they wearing though? In like these photo shoots they're like they're not like in like full pads though probably but they're like they're in there they're definitely in their um this joe hayden picture i'm looking at he looks the pads make it look goofy i feel like but it's not like it's obviously like he's on the field so like when it when they are like standing there and the dudes are like the camera people are like can line it up it's got it better look good but i don't know if it looks like that on the field oh my god we're gonna be so clean who who did you say what whose picture i'm looking at this joe hayden picture Mm. And it's like it's like it's old, but like he's like hunched over, and the pads just make it look goofy. I yeah, don't know why. I, I think it. I think those. I think it's just like they they have like a fresher, newer look to them because they're brand like because essentially they are new jerseys. It's not like we went back and went into the storage room and pulled out the jerseys from six years ago. These are brand new right. made jerseys, so they probably need to get some wear and tear to them. But like, they look so good. I'm looking at like and dude. All right, so. I was I was like looking through all the pictures and you know you obviously you have your Miles Garrett your Baker Mayfield and the Jarvis Landry. Also, I don't I sent I sent you the uh the like the message of like I kind of dig Jarvis with the purple hair, right? Yep. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know why. I love looking at this picture of him with uh him pointing to his veins and then having the having the uh purple like the OBJ kind of uh purple on top. I don't know what you want to call that. Um um, I don't know. He just got the top of his hair's got the the purple highlights. I guess you can call them. Um, where Odell is going back to the blonde highlight on top. Oh, it's just so sick. But then, so I'm looking at it, and one player that you know he's not he's a new player to the Browns is Carl Joseph. Dude, him and Sheldon Richardson look like they're about to just, like, go into a weight room and lift everything that's in there. This dude <laughs> looks, like, absolutely absurdly jacked. And then the picture of, um, of, uh, I'm sending you the one of Carl this, Joseph right now. This one I just sent you I think's my favorite. The, the all-white, it looks so sick. Oh, the all-white is, oh, that's too clean. Dude, that's, oh, the thing that I love about white jerseys is especially when it gets, like, all dirty and they do the player swaps at the end of the game, which I know that's not going to happen this season, but, ugh. But, dude. I think think maybe for this photo shoot, like, I don't know what you're allowed to wear, like, on field. I think the players just accessorize better. Like, he looks so good with these white, like, bands on his arms. Right. Well, but I think the thing is, um, like, obviously they don't have all their, like, um, pants and, like, pants and, uh pads on the pants and everything but for the most part i think from the um waist up they have to have like or they're at least doing what they would do on game day but dude i can't get over how insane all these guys look sheldon richardson looks like a complete monster of a man i mean or not not richardson i'm sorry have i been saying richardson the whole time i meant larry Ogunjobi. dude that he's massive dude he's huge Oh my god, he looks like he ate a train. He's never been that big. 
dude, he looks absolutely huge. And then another guy who, like, looked like he beefed up, Denzel. Dude, Denzel looked like he beefed up, too. And then Baker, Baker looks like a completely different person. He looks like he's back to when he was in college. Baker looks mad goofy. Do <laughs> you think so? I no, well, no. I just think because his personality, like, I think he like looks good. The picture but, that he took, yeah, him like trying <laughs> to do a straight face is so it's so goofy. <laughs> You're absolutely right. I'm looking at it right now. It is kind of goofy, but dude, he looks like his body compared to last year looks ten times better. He looks like he's in shape. Last year, like, I could understand what he was going for last year in terms of, like, putting on weight in order to take some hits and everything. But, dude, he looks so, like, he looks so trimmed down and everything. And the report of him, like, he lost, um, he lost, like, a good amount of weight and then put on, like, four, four pounds of, like, lean muscle. Dude, he looks good. He looks really good. I'm actually, like super excited to see like how he does this year but he's looking good Denzel's looking good Carl Joseph dude he looks like he oh my god he looks like he's gonna like murder someone he's just gonna come down from the strong safety position and just absolutely murder someone but I just can't get over like how hyped I'm getting over like seeing our guys in jerseys and I, I don't know if it's just because like I'm football deprived but I don't know it's just so nice to like get the sense that football is going to be here like really soon yeah the the photo shoot i don't know man it looks different this year it looks good and i like our color rush unis too i don't think there's going to be a bad uni combo this year i don't see how it's possible i'm i'm really wondering you you you've heard the rumors that they have like um they have orange pants right yes i wonder if they have i wonder if they have like an orange jersey i wonder if they're waiting to like I, I think they're waiting to see, um, or I don't know if they're waiting to see. I'm wondering if they're if they're gonna kind of roll with the color rush jerseys that they have now because it's just a it's just the color rush jerseys that we've had for the past two years when Baker uh, came in against the Jets his rookie year and uh, won us that game. That's mm. all it is. But like it's it's still like a it's a high quality jersey and I like it. Um, but I wonder because orange. That orange jersey that we had before, like, we never wore it. Like, we, it was, like, disgusting. It was, like, really awful looking. I wonder if they've either, A, they have it, or, B, if they just have the, the orange pants and they think that'll look good. Because I think, you know, white on top and orange on the bottoms would be would be pretty solid. But but I think everything looks good in terms of what we have right now. If, if I had one request, which I don't, but if I could make one request, I just wish they would – I feel like it's hard to do and the Browns are kind of like iconic for this, I guess. But if they could do something to update their like helmets, mm. I think that would just be icing on the cake without like ruining it. Because, you know, they could change something with something and make it look worse. But I don't know, dude. If they could like – I know they don't want a logo on it. Like I understand. Right. But like – and I know teams, like, I don't think teams usually have, like, alternate helmets. Some college programs do, you know, like the Oregons of the world and, and stuff like that. They have, like, chrome helmets sometimes, or they got, like, funkier helmets in college. But if we had, like, an alternate helmet, that would be, like, go that would go crazy, I think. Yeah, I just, I wonder what you, like, what the Browns could do. Because, like, the only thing that I could imagine them 
attempting to do is like switch the orange to brown, right? And then still having the white stripe, but then like, is the is the orange gonna pop? Because like, I don't know how they do it now, but the the like base color of the helmet is orange. Then they have the mm-hmm. outer line is the two brown. Yeah, the yep. two brown, and then the singular white, and that pops. I mean, it looks really good. Yeah, it does. But yeah, I think I don't I don't really have like a request. Like I would love to be able to have like a really cool alternate jersey. Um and you can't like you can't go outside the parameters of like the team colors. And I don't think black is like workable with the browns. Right. So you would have to either find like that medium, like that happy medium of like a really like I I hate saying like going with a really bright orange. Cause, cause if you look at the Seahawks, do you like that like really bright uh, neon green that they no, have? No. And the I, I'm trying to think of other teams. The only other teams. Some color I, rushes are good. Some are really bad though. Right, like the Rams, and they're all yellows. Like they look like mustard. I, well, I think I'm it was thinking like, of I'm thinking of one that's really bad. Um, the Jaguars are really bad. Looks like they literally are wearing mustard. Oh, maybe they're the ones wearing mustard. Oh, wait a minute. Maybe I have it mixed up. But, like, the Ravens' color rushes so, are so sick. The all-purple is so sick, I think. Yeah. Oh, dude. Oh, I think about, like, just alternate jerseys. and Oh, you're right. Oh, that Oh, that looks so bad. It's the like Seahawks a, are good to compare to those. <laughs> dude, They. I think it's supposed to be, like, a gold. I, I think like the Jaguars is. is supposed to be. It like looks like cool. they got sweat lines on it, like, but that's like actually on the jersey. Weird. Right, that's disgusting. That's Just imagine though. Imagine weird. our color rush. Imagine our color rush, and the helmets had like the brownie on the side of it, though. Dude, I or don't something crazy. Jeff, I don't know what this is like an ad for, or like what this promotes, but I just sent you a picture of. The- a p- great poupon, yes. <laughs> it's mustard. That's so true. I don't eat mustard, so like, I, I was like, like, is that like a mustard? <clears throat> is that like a mustard? It looks like ballpark mom? mustard. They're ugly. <laughs> that's gr- that's disgusting. Um, yeah, there are teams that like they have some really nice color rush jerseys, and I think you know because like equivalent uh, with the Browns color rush is it's just a darker brown. Right. It's a darker brown with It's not offensive. No, it doesn't like it doesn't like pop pop and it, and you know it looks really good with the all orange number and letterings. Um but like I wonder if you could do that with like orange. If like you could turn it around and instead mm-hmm. of having, you know, the base color would be some sort of orange and then with white cuz you can't you can't do brown lettering. That would just be dumb. So, I wonder if they could do that and I wonder if like they have something in store, because I always think back to that that little video clip of um, when they brought Baker into the into like the press room or whatever, or some like some back office, and they showed him the jerseys, and um, they showed him the jerseys, and the one dude just goes, "Yeah, we got this like back in in the store for like later." And I was like, I was like, "Oh shit!" I was like, "I wonder what that is." I wonder if like, I wonder if it's something big or something, or if it's just like. Maybe it's just the orange pants, which it wouldn't be bad if it's just the orange pants. I just, for some reason, want, like, a really sick kind of, 
alternate jersey, but I wouldn't be opposed to being to getting one of the current uh, color rush jerseys. Yeah, I think they could swing something different. I just don't know how. Like, I don't really. I feel like the NFL is really strict on how the teams dress and stuff, but it's just something to throw out there. Yeah, and I think, but and to be honest, I wouldn't. You know what? I'm fine with what we have right now. If I'm oh, being completely sure. honest, I'm completely fine with the like the three sets of tops that we have. Those are perfectly fine. If they want to add an orange bottom, that would be great too. But I think there's a like a current swagger uh, attached to the color rush with Baker and Jarvis mm-hmm. and the team in general, and then you know with this, you know the bringing back of the old jerseys, but with a slightly newer i'm gonna say like a tent because they, they pop so much more than they did um back when we were kids and such so i don't know it's super interesting to just like get hyped over seeing jerseys and seeing um promotions for the browns but i'm so ready for football to be back i'm so ready to like i hope like i hope they figure their things out i hope that everything goes well they do their testing and you know that first week goes by and you know, maybe, like, you have, like, on every team, like, a case or two pops up, but nothing like that, like, is season-threatening, and I hope that we get, like, a full full season of the NFL, and, because uh, it looks like with college that we're going to have the complete opposite. It looks like a lot of, right. um, you know, Division Two and Division Three aren't going to play. The MAC just shut down, mm-hmm. um, and honestly, I think I just... Like, I think one of my buddies, one of, so Danny Gutierrez, who I go to OSU with and who me and Jeff went to school with, sent me a, te- uh, sent me a tweet about five minutes ago, and it's from Matt Jones, who I don't know who this is. He's creator of Kentucky Sports Radio and host of KSR. He tweets that just got a text that Big Ten will announce they are canceling college football this fall, likely tomorrow. Damn. Which, if the Big Ten cancels football, then oh, yeah. what's going to stop? What's going to stop all these other teams and all these other? Um, it's just a domino it? effect, especially with sports in the United States. Right. I mean, and it's it's you know you're putting kids at risk. It's more right. you know liability for the schools and for those uh, programs if you're going to do this and you know something happens and you're on the you're on the bad end for putting these kits out there. So, but just I really another, do just another reason to pay them though. Low key. Right. But my thing is Jeff. So, um, going back to just really quickly to the NFL and what they've done for COVID, you know what I find really like dumb. It's just high school teams and high school, like parents and everything. I got sent, I somehow got sent a, like a link to sign a petition for, high school sports to allow um, a season to happen. And it was like, sign this petition so that our kids can play and so that we can go to their games and so they can have a season. And granted, listen, if I'm a senior in high school, I would want to play my final season so bad too. But to be a parent and try to like promote this thing where I know if you look around the world right now, like everyone else is exceeding at what's happened with this virus except for us and so our only thought is oh let's go put our kids out there and put them in a potentially harmful situation whereas the nfl the nba the mlb they all have their testing and they all have the 
affordable funds to be doing these right. things. Whereas schools are, they're not going to be able to put that kind of um, money into that testing and, you know, be able to get all those procedures done. And that's where I applaud um, all the major sports leagues and everything. But with college and high school, I'm sorry, but like, and I, I understand, like, I'm saying this and I know jack all about you know programs and like i was listening on the radio like yukon apparently like if yukon doesn't uh if they take the season off then there's a potential for them to you know close their football program which i was like oh wow like that's a that's a huge hit like that's a huge like deal but like again like you can't be on that you can't be on the bad end of well you played football and half your team got COVID or you spread COVID or a year from now we're back here in a year and we're still having these problems because we didn't take the time to, um, you know, quarantine and do all the right things instead of just trying to, you know, get out there and play football. So, um, to get back on the positive note though, uh, I am really excited for the NFL. I'm really happy that, as of right now, the MLB is still going strong and the NBA is still going strong. The NBA about to get into their um, playoffs, which will kick things up a lot more. The MLB continuing and the NFL coming back. So a lot of good things for the sports world in terms of major sports, uh, major league sports and all that. So uh, I'm looking forward and I'm hoping to hear good things for the next couple of weeks. And Jeff, I don't know about you, but um, we do have, obviously, our rankings that we can do for the next podcast. But I yep. haven't even asked you, when are you going back to college and are you going back to college? So, so I am actually going to be um, I'm moving back in the 17th, so a week from today. And I believe, as of right now, I have one class that's like the hybrid style. So one day I'm going to be going into the actual classroom, and the other day I'm going to be online. But everything else, they have like distancing set up and all the protocols and, and measures ready to go. So I'm going to be majority actually in class. You mean online? No, in, in the classroom. Oh, Oh, so you only have one hybrid, mm -hmm. and then the rest of them are in person. Mm -hmm. As of right now. Oh, wow. That's I completely thought it was the opposite. I thought the rest of your classes were online. Wow. Yeah, that's, oh. that's the perk of only having about 1,000 students, especially because these are like the end of my major classes. So if it's like a 30, the one class I, that's the hybrid is, it was, was a full class, so it had 30 students in it. But all my other classes only have like seven or eight people enrolled in it, so there's going to be enough room to like space out. Oh wow! See, I have technically I have two online classes and two of the hybrid classes, but um, since I'm in communications and journalism, uh, my teachers sent out an email saying that we can uh, participate through class through like Zoom and such. Uh, right. They'll have like an, a Zoom in call and all that. And so we don't have to come into class. So I decided that I'm gonna I'm gonna stay home. I have my I have a huge setup in my room that I got done mm -hmm. this summer. And so I figured that I'd keep that um, for this fall. And that way I can keep doing the podcast. And you just call off of your computer slash phone. So yep. we'll still be able to do all this. So if you know if we don't end up doing an episode 
uh, next week, which I think we will. I think we'll just take what we were going to do this week, this weekend, and just do it next weekend. Um, and then maybe the week after that, I'll let you, you know, adjust to college life again, and then we'll be back after that. But yeah, we're getting, we're getting back into, you know, regular life and things are going to pick up again. So, uh, we'll have the podcast, uh, coming. It'll, it might not be a weekly thing anymore. Um, and I know that we've, you know, we've had some breaks off. Obviously last week we didn't do one. Um, but I think now it'll progress into a more of a bi-weekly kind of thing until the NFL season starts. Cause then, uh, I think, I think once the NFL season starts, I'll want to, at least try to touch bases with you, Jeff, like each week mm-hmm. and see and just talk about how we were feeling about the Browns and all that and stuff around the league. So, but besides that, uh, do you have anything else you want to add before we sign off? I mean, I think it was a good episode. I mean, we're going to, we're going to take this thing, you know, one week at a time. And I think the NFL is definitely going to, the NFL season is going to be when we ramp up, you know, the strongest. So we're still, you know, getting our footing. It's only the sixth episode. Um, we're pretty comfortable with it, but we're only going to get better. The production's only going to get better. And, you know, us and hopefully growing an audience will just become more comfortable over time. And it's great. It's been a lot of fun. Absolutely. And I appreciate you, you know, being able to be so flexible with uh, what's going on with my schedule. And I try to, you know, obviously I I, I tell you, like, oh, well, I'm not, like, there's something that's come up. We can't do it this weekend. Um, you've been super, you know, great about being flexible and being willing to uh, change topics and change dates that we record and everything. So I appreciate you being able to do that. And um, obviously, with school, we'll we'll uh, communicate a lot more on that. But yeah, we'll we'll get better with all this. Obviously, six episode. Uh, it was. I mean, I'm enjoying this more kind of like laxed, um, for sure, talking conversations. I think the first three. I, I want to say, like, the first three were pretty, like, structured, and we, like, try to keep it kind of rigid and all that. But I think now we're kind of, we're kind of like, getting into our, our zone with it and just having a good time and more, more like, talking instead of just, like, reading off of, like, what we've, what we've kind of wrote up and had planned for the week before. So, but I'm happy with how this is going, and I'm glad that we're going to be able to keep it going. So, uh, I want to thank you all for listening, and, uh... If you guys want to, you know, comment, let us know what you want us to talk about. Uh, you can tweet at us. You can, you know, leave comments and all that. And yeah, if you want to share this with your friends and all that, that'd be great. And thank you for thank you all for being here. And we'll see you on the next one. Peace.